Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It's the first podcast of the offseason. The Atlanta Braves are World Series champions. We're not going to talk too much about that because we got a show of our own to do today. You know my voice. I'm Jolly. I'm here with Jerry Blevins as well. But we're really excited because for the first time ever on episode 18, we have our first friend of the pod. He's a reliever for the New York Mets. He's coming off his best season in his career and he's one of the coolest dudes we know. We're joined today by reliever Drew Smith. And Drew, I know you're a Cowboys fan. Feeling pretty good about the season yes, so far. Had to oh, bring it up, man. Sir. Had to bring it up. You know, I was worried about the Sunday night game against the Vikings when uh, when they said Dak wasn't going to play. But we were, you know, 5-1. and one. I was thinking 5-2 and two would be would be all right. But Cooper Rush stepping up. The backup uh, out of nowhere? Time. Actually, I got my little good luck charm right here. Look at this guy. Oh, show us. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> is, that, is that Dak? It's, well, so Big Tex, you ever, like the Texas State Fair. Have you heard of the Texas State Fair? It's got I Big have. Tex. It's like this 100-foot statue, <laughs> and they give those out where they're like stuffed animals. So I, I is, it like the, is it the Texas version of Burning Man? Might be. That's what it looked like. <laughs> they they turn it. They set it on fire at the end. Oh, they, they actually did catch on fire at one point. I don't know if that's what you're referring to. <laughs> no, I'm not. Ago, I'm not. It did catch on fire. It's a fire hazard. But, that's uh, great. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you just missed an entire show. There, better go check it. Yeah, out. we had what we had was uh, <laughs> Drew brought out a doll with the Dax jersey on it. So he's just he's making excuses for why he plays with dolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, I've had it for five years. So, <laughs> If you're a Mets fan and you just figured out that Drew Smith is a Cowboys fan and you're a Giants fan at all, we're sorry about that. We're sorry to break the news to you, but uh, we're really happy to have Drew here, regardless. You can't hold, you can't hold that against people. Oh, I won't. We're from all over. No, that's true. I don't, I don't hold it against the Mets fans that they're Giants fans <laughs> or Jets fans. It's sorry, a dark time. It is, it's a dark time for both of them right now. But uh, Drew, we will. We wanted to know, like, how you spending your off season, man? You got doing any fun things? Watching any fun shows? Um, I uh, I've been I've been down to Austin once. I went to the lake with some friends. Just been starting off season workouts and whatnot. Um, actually, have you heard of the show Squid Game? I have heard of the show Squid Game. Believe it or not, you just finished that. Very nice. It's unreal. I I I binged that in like three days. I'm usually not a big binge binge watcher, but that was so good. I just I couldn't stop. Yeah, uh, of course. But mainly just been relaxing, enjoying enjoying the first month off or so, playing a little golf, trying to get back on that. It took a took about two years off after having TJ. Kind of wanted to just focus on obviously getting healthy and not putting any extra extra stress on the elbow. And and I'm not you know the best golfer, so chunking balls you know it is not great <laughs> on the elbow. So I, I stayed away from that. So I got I got back on it, and uh, it was a good thing I did stay away from it because I did chunk some balls. So the elbow was was feeling good after though where everything's good everything's okay healthy. good just making sure what's like the strongest part of your golf game are you a big driver guy you good with the iron big no irons me and irons do not get along well <laughs> uh driver guy for sure it might go 340 yards straight it might go you know 340 yards left and occasionally 340 yards right i honestly have no idea what <laughs> but it's what's going to happen and that's what matters. but it's going far and i got club head <laughs> speed i got ball speed that's you know that's the analytics name of the game now yeah right? golf so. analytics let's go Drew. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. you're, you're 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 a multifaceted sport analytic guy i love it 100 <laughs> percent. so i wanted to ask you 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 talked about um coming off tommy john so in 18 you come up and you really made an impression on the fans the organization me in particular getting to watch you 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 just had a presence about you. I was like, all right, this kid is like the real deal. In nineteen, you come into spring training and you're dealing. You're you're on your way to making the team, and then you have Tommy John. So you missed all of nineteen. Twenty twenty was a strange year. 
for a million different reasons, the the shuttle between Brooklyn and, and New York. And so that is like a wash. So this was your first real full season back coming off Tommy John. Um, and you you dominated, you pitched well. What what do you think was the the key to your success this year? Um, so I, like you said, last year was such a, a weird year, but personally, I think, I think I needed that a little bit. Um, not the whole like COVID 60 game thing, but just, it was almost like a, I had a, a pretty good rookie year and then coming off TJ last year was just kind of like a reality check. Like, Hey, this, it's, this is still the big leagues. Like you still got to earn your spot. You still got to pitch when you're called on in any situation you got to do well. Like I learned the hard way that you know, one, one or two bad outings and, and you're shipped out. And as a guy with options, as you, I'm sure, you know, Jerry, it's, that's how it is sometimes, especially in a shortened season like that, where you, every game is, is magnitude, the magnitude is even higher because you got to win. Um, so coming into this year, I just had more of a, uh, I would say humble approach in terms of like, nothing's given to me. I have to go in and earn it. I have to come in in spring training and make the team. I have to show them that I am healthy because last year I, I, you know, I wasn't hurt, but first year off TJ Velo was just a little bit down. Um, I only threw eight, you know, 10 innings maybe total. So uh, showing them I was healthy in spring was, was a big goal of mine. And obviously I didn't do that, but uh, I, <laughs> I came back, at, you know, four weeks later and, and I showed them I was healthy and, and I just had a different mindset about it, like going out each time no matter the situation, no matter, you know, who I was facing the score and just treating every outing, like it was the same. Uh, I think that really helped me throughout the year. And, and, uh, obviously I, I pitched a lot better than I have in the past. So that was, that was a big, a big, uh, a big deal for me. Yeah, Drew, it was just really awesome to see you like take the next step this year and like get your most innings in the bigs. Like it was, it was like, it was really like just nice to see you because that trade, you know, happened in 2018 we lost Lucas Duda and like, you know, you were, you were touted as a big guy to get in return. I wanted to ask you, cause you posted on your Twitter, uh, for those who don't know, at Drew BU three, go follow him. He's the man. Uh, Good follow. Uh, I think follow. you need to be more active because yeah. you don't show much personality. You're actually <laughs> a pretty funny, fun dude. It's up to you. I understand that's a whole different can of worms, especially it in the New York media. So I understand it, but I think you have a good personality for it if you ever want to venture that way. Thank you. I and you definitely that. won over Mets fans this year. You definitely won us over. I wanted to ask you because you tweeted out recently about how happy you were to see the Mets bringing back Jeremy Hefner for the 2022 season. I just want to know, like, what's your relationship, uh, relationship with Hef? Like, how did he change your game this year? Like, I wanted to just know, like, about you too. Uh, I have a, a really good relationship with Hef, and I don't, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I, I feel like most guys on the staff have a, a good relationship with Hef. He's just, he, you know, he was a player fairly recently, so having that connection with him obviously helps. He, he, um, he understands the analytical side and the – the more pitching mechanical side, I think there needs to be a balance. Obviously the game is going extremely analytical. Um, but you know, there's guys who know so much about analytics, but they can just tell you, this is what you need to be like, but they can't, you know, help you get there or they can't show you what you're doing wrong to get there. And, uh, Hef has a perfect balance of both of those. Um, and he, he helped me. I, there was a time this year where, where I was struggling with, uh, I lost a little bit of my vertical break, my ride. Um, and I couldn't figure out why I had no idea why I was. And we looked at the edge tronic and I was just cutting the ball a little bit. And he was showing me how to stay behind it better. A couple little drills I was doing. And then the next outing, it was back to normal. And it's, it's the understanding of, of the analytics and how to fix it. It's not just, you know, one or the other. So I think he does a great job of, of integrating those two things and, and really helping guys out in every way he can. And, He's, I mean, he's one of the best pitching coaches I've had, so I have no complaints with him. That's awesome, man. It's really good to hear. I'm like, I'm, I'm sure a bunch of the teammates like share the same sentiment as you there. So I'm, I'm really happy he's back. I think he did a fantastic job. Really felt like he brought like the best out of guys like Taiwan in the first half, and especially you with like this career best season. So that's really good to hear. Definitely, yeah. He, uh, I was, I was kind of concerned when, when they picked up his option. I, I don't know how that stuff works, but and then they, they didn't clarify what his job was I was like well, I don't know what they're doing but I'm glad he's back I couldn't be happier and and uh obviously hope we have a really good staff to go with him so yeah speaking speaking on that like have you been following any of the Mets offseason front office kind of 
coaching managers. Have you been following along and does that affect you at all? Um, I've been trying to keep up a little bit, but uh, honestly, whoever it is, it doesn't affect the job I have to do. So I I would prefer obviously to, you know, be in tune with it and know what's going on, but um, I still have to come in and pitch no matter who the manager is, no matter who the, you know, GM is, no matter who the president of baseball operations is. So uh, in the end, it, it doesn't necessarily affect me directly, but I still obviously want to know uh, who who we're going to hire and, and whatnot. And uh, when the Padres hired Bob Melvin, I was I was kind of like, uh, you know, he was he was a guy that that was uh, I've always I've always liked, and I think I think I've seen you talk about it a little bit on Twitter. He's one of your favorite managers, so yeah, I'm a big fan. I was sad too, happy for him because he gets to be in San Diego and and closer to home, but yeah. For sure. I think that's really what it came down to, too, right? Just a West Coast thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, who, who wants to move? I mean, who wants to move across the country, you know? To, I get it. I wouldn't want to be. New York market. It's just, it's just tough. You know, it's, it's a different animal. But uh, it, it, I'm sure we'll find somebody that's, that's uh, well worth being in New York. So Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's been dizzying to just try and keep up with, like, every new hire, and then three days later, they're like, actually, they're out of the running, but there's somebody yeah, else, <laughs> and then, but wait, no, they're out of the running, but we found somebody cool from this organization, so it's like a nightmare process. I don't even, I don't even know any of their names that are, like, anybody besides the big, already established names, all, everybody else, I'm like, sure, that sounds good, sure. I don't know. Sure. The new one hot in the streets is Ra- Raquel Ferreira from uh, the Yeah, that's it. Where are we at now? I think she, she's getting an interview. She's getting an interview. Somebody said that she's out of it, and then somebody said she's getting an interview. So, like, who knows? But Who knows? We're just here to talk some ball. We'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. So, Drew, I, I, di- I did some digging, man. I know you're a Dallas Baptist guy. You got third-round draft pick, all that. You actually, uh, we got some Mets legends from Dallas Baptist, too. Vic Black, I don't know if that rings a bell. He was the band back in the day. I was a big Vic Black guy. Ben Zobrist was back in Dallas Baptist. Do you keep up with any of those guys from college? Because I know you're you're a big Texas guy, obviously, Cowboys. Yeah, uh, I've kept up with them a little bit. Ben would come back. We have an alumni game or pro game every year, um, and he would come back every year for that. And so once I got drafted and um, started playing on the other side of that, you know, I got to be teammates with him once a year. And, man, he is a great, great dude. One of the best people I've ever met. Um, just very genuine, great teammate. Uh, when I, I pitched against him in 2018, my rookie year in Chicago, and uh, he, he texted me immediately after the game, just tell me how good I looked. And I got him out, thankfully. Uh, hit, a, hit a hard ground ball, but <laughs> I, did I, did, I got him out. I got him out. But Heck yeah. he's, he's a patient guy, and he – took a hack at the first pitch. So I was like, all right, this is, he's, he's trying, he's trying to. Take well, he knows he's going to see you. He's going to see you oh, off yeah. the field. He's, he's trying <laughs> to jump on top. Good for you, man. But, yeah. He's a, uh, he's a great guy. Vic, same way. Um, I didn't get to spend as much time with him cause he was, he got hurt and then kind of uh, left and started trying to do, get healthy and, and play with uh, a couple other teams. I, I don't know if he's still playing or not. I, the last time I saw he was, uh, helping guys with arm health, like the, the arm doctor or something. That's what he was, he was doing. Uh, that's cool. But I, I, I think the world of Ben Vic, great guy. And, and I, I try to keep up with all my, my Dallas Baptist guys. We're a close knit group. Um, we have a group of about 10 guys who go up there and still work out in the off season. So it's a, it's a good little community we got. Yeah. Where, where are you in, in the country right now? Where's your off season? I, I live a little like 20 minutes outside of Fort Worth, Texas, a little west of Fort Worth. And then I still go up to DBU to work out and, and throw. That's where I do my off-season training. Um, they just built a, a suite like underneath the stadium weight room. They have a like a pitcher's lab and all turf field. So, That's I mean, awesome. there's, yeah, I have no complaints, man. It's everything you need. Um, and the weather's obviously year round. It stays at least decently warm here, so I can we can do everything we need to do outside, and it's a it's a good spot. Yeah, it's like forty degrees in New York today, man. It's rough out there. It's it's actually cold. It's uh it's raining and it's like fifty five here. That's that's like that's like cold January for Texas, weather. you know. Yeah, it's like just, some Texas winter stuff. 
we had our first frost here in in Ohio. We had a. I walked out the backyard and there's frost on the ground. Ooh. I was like, I was like, oh no, I'm not ready. <laughs> the, it's beautiful because the the leaves are changed, but then I see that frost on the ground. I'm like, slow down. Let's 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 not do that yet. Let's take it step by step. But it's November, man. It's weird. <laughs> it was it was 92 degrees here last week and then today it's 55 so That's i don't know what wild. we're doing i mean i I brought up uh dbu because i wanted to ask you i obviously i'm the big stats guy in the pot i did my dig and whatever um high high draft pick third round i wanted to know about like any changes you made like that first year in a uh, pro ball and amateur ball at single a because i noticed like big jump up in the in the stats like you had a really good year at single a right after like, you know, a pretty decent year at your final year at DBU. So was there anything significant changing or was it just like a change of environment thing or is it too far back in your memory at this point? No, I actually, I actually know exactly when things changed uh, and it happened in, in college. I've talked to multiple people about this. It was the last uh, weekend series of the year before we went into like the conference tournament and whatnot. Uh, I was pitching against Wichita state and I'd given up, two runs the bases were loaded I did still didn't have an out and our head coach came out and he just ripped me and usually he only comes out to to pull you and I he was walking out and I look I look in the bullpen and nobody is warming up and I was like oh no I was like, here we go <laughs> just came out ripped me I was like you know I thought it would get me going and then the next batter I give up a grand slam oh. so I give up a six a six spot wow. and nobody out and I just look in the dugout and he's just standing there looking at me like this <laughs> I look out in the bullpen, nobody's warming up. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to, it was like the sixth or seventh inning. I was like, I'm just going to wear this. Uh, I ended up throwing three innings after that, punching out five, no hits, no walks. And I just, it just kind of like something clicked. Like after giving up the grand slam, I just had this, I don't care attitude. And like, I got good stuff. Like, I don't know why this is happening. I'm just going to throw, try to throw hard up in the zone and throw a breaking ball off that. And then I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's that easy. Uh, for the time being, it was that easy. And then I got drafted and I just kind of kept that same, I don't care attitude. And obviously my first uh, short season of pro ball was, was really, really good. Um, I'd always had a history of, of walks throughout college. I, I just, I gained so much velo so fast that I, I, my body just didn't really know how to handle it. I wasn't synced up mechanically. And I think just over time throwing more, it just, I kind of got in tune with my mechanics and and uh, I hit my stride at, at just the right time. But at the time, I was obviously a – I think I was an overdrafted – personally an overdrafted player based on based on numbers and whatnot in college. So um, I was glad I, I figured it out pretty quickly. So. Drew, they knew what was up. Come on. What are you, who, are you, who are you kidding right now? Who are you trying to kill? Yeah, and they, tra- they traded me. The trajectory <laughs> of your career now looks like you were underdrafted. But I, I want to say that is so cool that you know the moment. That's like a, an unbelievable thing. And the fact that it was like a mental switch from almost like thinking about it as a, as a big picture, you're worried about what's happening in the game and you turn it around. It seemed to be pitch to pitch. Like I'm just going to execute this pitch fastballs up and then, and then go from there. You, you turned into a, like a, like a killer, like a bulldog. You went out there and you're like, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to shove. That's it. That's, that's awesome. That, that turnaround, because Jolly was talking about like the, the, the numbers and it really switched. And for you to know that, that's so cool. Thank you for sharing that, that story. That's awesome. For sure. It was a, uh, it was interesting. Like I, I've all, and my junior year was really, really good until that moment. And then that obviously like just screwed up my number. You're a reliever, you know, you give up six runs without getting an out. Like you're, you mess up your career, like whole season numbers. So that skewed it a little bit, but even up to that point, I was very, underperforming my whole college career but literally from that moment on I, I it was even going into pro ball it just everything switched and it was it was awesome it was a it was a good it was a good moment I'm glad I unearthed like a good story there I thought it was just gonna yeah. be a straight up bad memory like as soon as you oh, I've talked to my college pitching coach about that like he's he's actually now the pitching coach in the Minnesota Twins West oh, very nice. Uh, oh wow awesome Dallas Baptist representing. Let's go. Yeah, he went. He went from DBU to Mississippi State for one year, and then Arkansas for two years, and then straight to the show. So he knows. He knows what he's doing. But so you're still at Dallas Baptist. You talked about having a pitch lab. Does that have high speed cameras, a Rapsodo? Uh, uh... Um, yeah, they have. They have it all. They uh, the high speed cameras aren't usually out like 
for just everyday use. They'll bring them out when they need to. But uh, we have access to Rapsodo, TrackMan. Um, they actually have uh, Yakker Tech. It's like a new, uh, I don't really know the whole function of it, but it's a, like a combination of tri their cameras on the side of the field. And it's a combination like TrackMan, Rapsodo, but it's through cameras instead of like a device. Uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. Did you use that? So when you came up, what I noticed from you in 18 was that you were great fastball, an amazing curveball, and an occasional changeup. And then in a little bit in 20, but in definitely in 21, you started using a cutter like 30% of the time. What do you think? Like, what, is that something that you developed at DBU? Where did that come from? And how do you see the usage going forward? Uh, this is a so COVID really actually helped me out in this, this particular instance, I hate saying that, but uh, I got time to get ready because I wasn't going to be ready for the season. And, you know, the start, if we started in, in April, but having that extra time coming back from TJ, uh, I could get ready. And I started toying around with this cutter during my rehab process, which probably wasn't the best idea, throwing a new pitch while you're coming back from TJ. But I also didn't have any PTs at the time because we were in, it was, I was back home, you know, we went back home. Uh, we were just kind of in a, in a debate with, you know, when the season was going to start, we we're trying to like not communicate a lot with the teams kind of thing, all that. Um, so I started throwing this cutter and it turned, I mean, it just literally my buddy was like, hold it like this. I threw and I was like, wow, that's, that was pretty good. And then I went to the mound, started throwing it and I just, it just clicked. Like I, it, it was a true cutter at first. And then now I've turned it to more of a, a slider kind of like down. Uh, I realized when I don't throw the true cutter good, it gets hit to the moon. So I'm trying <laughs> to, trying to stay away from that a little bit. I think I've given up, I don't know, eight homers on, on my cutter. So I'm trying to turn it more into a slider that's going down. But uh, it literally just came out from just COVID, just toying around with grips. Uh, and then it became a really, really big pitch for me. Even 20, 2020, I obviously didn't pitch a lot, but I still threw it a good amount of uh, percentage. And then this year, I, I leaned on it a lot. Um, and it's going to be a big pitch for me going forward. It's one of my highest swing and miss percentage pitches. Um, although the risk reward is a little bit, I mean, like I said, I give up some homers on it, but it got a lot better once I turned it into more of a true slider rather than just kind of like a flat cutter, you know? So do you, so first of all, there's a, a lot in there. I love pitching is all about like tinkering. Um, you know, you're constantly messing with grips, thinking about new things, ways to improve all the time. So your buddy, do you want to give him a shout out real quick on who? who yeah, his, his, his name is Corey Taylor. He's, he's actually not even playing right now anymore. Um, he had learned this cutter, uh, uh, not, you might, you know, Corey, Taylor, Matt's Corey Taylor. This is a different Corey Taylor. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. He, uh, he was just, he started throwing a cutter and, and he was just like, try, try this grip. This was like the old Mariano Rivera grip that he found online. Um, and I just grabbed that and started throwing it. And then I've toyed with it a little bit since just to make it more of a slider, but it's literally like, I've never had something click that, that quickly. Like first time I threw it just darted. That's, that's, that's awesome. And then you talked about how you think of, do you think when you're throwing it, do you think slider now versus cutter? Yeah, I, I have to. Cause if I think cutter, like, so when I throw the cutter, I wish I had a ball around here. I try to stay behind it more like a four seam, mm -hmm. like, yeah, the true cutter to get that. Flat. Yeah. You want like, like Kenley Jansen, you know, he's, it's almost like his is like a rising cutter. It just kind of keeps that, that plane. Um, but when I started trying to make it a slider, I think, I think getting out in front, I don't know. I don't think I'm actually like doing that per se, because that's more like curveball, you know, but I, if I think that it helps me stay a little bit, instead of staying behind it, maybe just getting a little bit over it, which creates more of that downward, that downward tilt. Um, so I have to think slider. I can't think cutter. Otherwise I give up 450 foot home runs. So. I, I get it. So on top of that, so when you came up in 18, you were, your curveball was a big weapon. Last year, you didn't use it very much. Um, are you thinking about incorporating that more or are you just kind of, if you need it kind of thing? Like, what are you focusing on this, like your first healthy off season? What are you thinking about improving going into next year? It's, it's funny you brought that up. I just talked to Hef last week 
and he mentioned my curveball and me throwing it more next year. So uh, that's one of the things <laughs> good, that good. I, was, I, was, I literally wrote coach? that in the notes. I was like, I, you're, it was a weapon, <laughs> and I think you should use it more. Hef and I are on the same page, so it's yeah. Good. I got I got away from it. It's like you get that new toy, you know, and you just start like my cutter, my slider. I just started kind of abusing it a little bit, and it got me in trouble sometimes. But if I start mixing the curveball in more, I think that'll give guys another look and I started throwing my changeup a little bit more this year too so that's another thing that I would like to keep throwing next year I I kind of I mean I see myself as maybe like a poor man Seth Lugo that's what I kind of want to like he's got four (laughs) or five pitches you know coming out of the pen can throw two or three innings if he needs to uh and that's kind of what I want to be I want to be able to throw four pitches for for a strike and and give a team length if I if I need to um but a curve, the curveball is going to definitely be a pitch for me next year that that I lean on more, and, and as well as my changeup. So, yeah, I also consider myself a poor man Seth Lugo because you know this is just a conversation between three big league pitchers. You know, hey, a poor man Seth Lugo is still a really good pitcher. So oh, take the, yeah. couldn't agree oh, more. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, so we we've done a lot of pitching talk. Obviously, we're all big league pitchers here. We all know the game that well. We all know our grips. Drew, I wanted to talk to you because I, you know, stats guy. Obviously, I already brought that up. I did digging. Found that you got a big league at bat this year over in Pittsburgh oh, against JT Brubaker. You made contact, man. Did, I saw I it. Did, you made I solid did. contact, which was hype. How was it? it Just take solid, me through it. But... Take me through it. So uh, I came in. It was it was the game that Louis got tossed, and it was the crazy yeah, game. It was the that, nightmare game that turned out okay. The night that turned out we, we won, so it was okay. But it started off terrible. We were like, oh, uh, Louis got tossed. You know, Ty went. I don't know, was a third of an inning, had it like five spot up. Uh, I had to get hot and, you know, 10 seconds while Louis getting tossed. I was like, this is just, this is insane. So I go in the game, <laughs> get get the outs, come in the dugout. And uh, Jousey was like, hey, uh, you're up, you're up third. Uh, just grab a bat. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting. He's like, well, you, you got to give it, you got to give us a couple more innings. I was like, all right, all right. I didn't have a bat, didn't have a helmet, anything. Uh, he told me actually not to swing. He was like, just if there's, he goes, if there's two outs and nobody on just because we, I mean, I think we've had guys that were already like going down this year. From That's swinging. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So he was <laughs> like, if, if there's two outs and nobody on, do not swing the bat. And I was like, Jossie, this is my first, my first big league AV. I, I, I gotta, I gotta swing the bat. I, I can't go up there. Come on. I can't go one. up there and take three pitches. He's like, all right, well, you can't swing hard and do not run it out. He's like, you don't need no pull. I was like, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so uh, I don't, I think he was throwing like 90, 93, 94, but I swear it was 106. <laughs> I, I, I gained so much more respect by when you're on the mound, it truly looks like 60 feet, six inches. When you're in the box, it looks like 30 feet, six inches. I don't get it. It's insane. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is that way too. Uh, you feel like you're right on top of the yeah, head. It's weird. It's so weird. Uh, but I, I laid off a slider in the dirt, which I was very proud of. Uh, it's like, I think it was a one, one or one, two count fouled one off and hit a 73 mile per hour exit velo ground ball to second base. So I don't know if you count that as a win, but that is a win. I definitively I personally count win. as a win. I didn't strike out. I didn't pull a Jerry and get a knock up the middle, but I did not strike out. Jerry's knock was good. It was a garbage time knock, but it was still a knock. This oh, was like a knock, yeah. a knock is a knock. There's a knock no garbage time. There's no yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> this matter. is the bat. This is how much I love that. <laughs> yes. This is the bat. <laughs> I love That's that. Incredible. I love that. Uh, but I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed the DH might be coming next year because now really? I don't get my chance to ever oh, do the okay. big league hit. That makes sense. I was gonna say, are you happy that you never have to do it again? That is a victory, man. Uh, um, you put the ball in play. That's amazing. Like you're jogging down to first, you get thrown out. You're like, that's pretty darn that's, cool, that's, man. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> right when I hit it in play, I was like, all right, I'm good. That's fine. I'm, that was I'm our slice of starting pitcher Drew Smith right there. Yeah. True. Pretty good stuff. All right. So, I mean, we, ha- we, uh, we have to turn it back to pitching because obviously, you know, we, we can't talk about your, your hitting all day. Um, I just wanted to know, cause you know, we were, we're talking a lot about your mixing up your pitch repertoire and your sequencing and stuff like that. Is your like approach to this off season going to be different than any other off season, uh, off season in the past, or is it kind of just business as usual at this point? Uh, no, it's, it's definitely different. I, uh, obviously got hurt twice this year. I, I can, I can contribute it probably to 
last year being my first year off TJ and only throwing eight innings. The first year off TJ is really important for guys. You need to build at least a little bit of a, an innings count. And I wasn't necessarily able to do that. So this innings wise was technically my first year off of Tommy John. Uh, and I talked to Trevor May about it. There's just, he had a couple injuries coming back from TJ and, uh he's usually not a guy who gets injured a lot and I was the same way so I was really frustrated with that but it made me look at my my program a little differently like offseason program what am I doing maybe that could be causing that or was it strictly just Tommy John related or COVID you know post-COVID season related but uh I've been a big um strength-based training guy in the offseason I'm I'm not a, a very big guy so I try to focus on getting as strong as possible uh, and then the season, it's hard for me to, to maintain weight because I have a really fast metabolism. So I lose strength really quickly. So I try to, I really focus on that in the off season, but I think this year, uh, I'm, I'm definitely transitioning away from that. I'm doing more of a stability based program. I don't, I'm sure y'all follow Marcus Stroman. He's extremely, uh, into like stability based training. I mean, strength too, but like the, this, his stability is some of the best I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, and for him to be able to throw 34 starts after not pitching at all at last year was truly incredible to me. So that kind of like made me look and be like, maybe there's something to this um, stability type training. And I've kind of switched that up to this, this off season. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Um, I've already started it and uh, I do feel better. Like I, that's, I, I feel looser. Like I, I've always lifted heavier and that would create, you know, maybe like tight, tight hamstrings, tight shoulders, stuff like that, which could contribute to injuries. So um, I'm going to try this and I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's going to, it's going to be something different and have some different results for me. How's your, how's your handstand? I can't, <laughs> I'm, you know what? I, that's literally one of the things I want to do before the off season is over. After, he, after, after I saw that video, I was like, that is incredible. Like, <laughs> this house, how, how silly was while I, while I was doing it. Too. This spring training, like I, we're, I was walking out to watch DeGrom throw on the mound and he's in the, he's in the training or in the weight room that, that I was walking through. And I look over and he's, I just didn't know. I look over and he's doing this handstand and his legs are going back and forth just holding steady. I was like, yeah. all right. Uh, I'm not sure how much like that actually helps you, but it's pretty damn but cool. It's tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's no movement at all. That's the crazy None. thing. Like he's it's not incredible. like, like trying to hold his balance. He's just firmly planted. It's really, it's really impressive, but I don't know if I'll ever get to that. It helps point. being, being a shorter guy. I imagine on that too. So yeah, it's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. So. <laughs> oh, he's good. He, height doesn't measure heart. He knows that. That is true. That is true. Drew, I think it's really cool that you're like bringing up your teammates and stuff and like how that's kind of changed your outlook on the whole thing. Is there like, like, I, it's hard to pick one, obviously, because, you know, you're a whole squad of talented guys. Is there like one teammate you feel like you learned like a ton from in this past season? Um, it, it's going to be a pretty cliche answer, but you can learn a lot by just watching Jacob deGrom pitch. Like I know he only pitched half the year, but uh, to be able to watch the greatest pitcher, I think in the world, like I know that's You'd like, be right. somewhat You're of a debate, right. but I really don't think it's not debate. really. There's no debate. Ask anybody. Um, it's you can, to be able to watch it every fifth day and, and see what he does. It's, it's just truly incredible. just the way he goes about his business, um, how well he locates, to the gloves his glove side of the plate like consistently like that's a people don't realize how difficult that is to do at such a high level like I mean if you watch him pitch if he throws 100 pitches I bet 85 of them he is on his glove like and that's incredibly difficult to do uh and his, I mean his slider is obviously one of the best in the game it's just you can learn a lot just from watching him throw but uh also Trevor May was a big help for me in the bullpen just kind of picking his brain a little bit uh, he prepares as well or better than anybody I've, I've played with um, always looking at, at sheets and, and notes and iPads and him and him and Lugo are always on top of that. So uh, those three guys were, were a big help for me. And, and uh, I think that they, they laid a, a good foundation for something to kind of look, look after going forward in my career too. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you talked about um, looking at iPads and kind of, scouting stuff is there anything that you would tell your younger self like somebody just coming up like you're you're now 
you've got some time now. You're you're going into your first year arbitration, which I want to ask you about in a little bit. But is there something that you've learned just from being in the big leagues that you would share for the next, you know, somebody gets called up for the first time or maybe is is just, you know, just kind of getting their feet wet? What what piece or like piece of advice would you pass down to to that person? Um, that's pretty simple. I mean, it's it's still baseball. Like, I think that's the biggest thing coming up to the big leagues that some guys get get lost in is it's it's a big jump in terms of competition and and more so just like the stadium. You know, you're, you're pitching in front of three decks instead of one or two. It's the environment, the atmosphere. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's still baseball and and it's the same same game we've been playing all of our lives and nothing's changed and that you know, the competition's a little bit different. There's a couple of better players, but um, you're still doing the same thing. And I think that's important to remember because it's very easy to get lost in the moment or get overwhelmed with who you're facing or especially as a rookie, as a younger guy. I'm not so much obviously now, but um, I think that's a something a lot of guys struggle with early in their careers. And that's why you see, I think a lot of guys bounce up and down for the first part. Um, but once, once you get control of that and you realize just, I've had to tell myself multiple times, like it's, it's still baseball, you know, and it's, that's the best way I can put it. And uh, I think that really helped my, my mentality going forward and, and helped me just kind of settle in. It's great advice. That's, that's uh, I've been told that, uh, a few times you, you get caught up in the moment and you're just like, relax, man. You've done this a thousand times, a million times. It's just baseball. Um, I do want to get into the arbitration. So you're in a unique spot in your career where you are arbitration eligible this year. Um, how much are you going to be involved? Is that something that you're, you've got an agent that you trust? You're just going to do your off season. Don't worry about it. Uh, or are you going to be involved with, with the, the back and forth kind of stuff? Uh, I, it's, it's a weird off season to be a first year ARB guy, obviously with the new, with the new CBA and everything. And, and nothing's going to be really discussed until after that, after whenever the new CBA is, um, agreed upon whenever that is. So there's really not a lot I can do right now. Um, I do want to be informed on the process. I, I know a little bit about arbitration, but obviously there's a lot to it and a lot I can learn about it. Um, and I do want to have my agent kind of walk me through it. I just want to know kind of what I'm, what I'm walking into, what I'm going into. I'll obviously let them handle the majority of, of this stuff, but um, I still, I want to be informed on the decision-making, the, obviously the, the communication between the team and, and my, uh, my agency. So uh, it's exciting. Like, you know, obviously first year arbitration, you, you feel like you've taken a, a step in the, in the right direction in terms of your, your baseball career. So um, I hope, I'm hoping it goes well. And, and I'm hoping that um, I have a few more, few more years of it uh, with the Mets the next couple of years. So. Sweet. Thanks. Thanks for uh, that's true. I totally forgot about the, the CBA being up and, and that just puts a, a halt on everything. That's what I, I, he, he literally called me last week and was like, Hey man, I just want to let you know that we're kind of in a waiting game until the, CB and I was like, oh, that's fine. But it's just wait and see what happens and just go about your training and expect to to start on time and and let the chips fall where they may or just you know play it as it goes. Good. Yeah, Jerry, you had some some nightmare years in arbitration, right? Because it's I like I've I've learned a lot about the process since like joining up with John Boy and like you know speaking with guys that have gone through it and it, it just sounds like mean in general yeah i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it just simply because like the the bottom line is there's baseball and then there's the business of baseball and if you can separate those two and understand that they're the ml like your team's job right now is to pay you as little as they can and your job is to make sure you're getting paid at least your value and so if you can separate the two sides and understand that it's a business at this point it's really fascinating to kind of get a look at, at, at the, the goings on. It, it got pretty ugly. I went through the arbitration process. It's very unique. It's um, a lot of guys can't handle the way you get talked to in those aspects, <laughs> but I, I knew who I was. I knew I wasn't Mariano Rivera or Jacob deGrom. I knew I was middle of the pack kind of guy. So I knew what I was worth or, or I thought I knew what I was worth and I, I ended up winning. So I did. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed it. It was interesting. Um, just the process. And so, but I understand if some guys want to be hands off, just want to, I just want to play baseball, playing baseball is the hardest thing to do 
it's it's so difficult to to stay focused, to train, to keep your body healthy, mentally healthy, and be ready to get big league hitters out. And so if you can't do both, I completely get it or don't want to do both. Yeah, I've, I've heard horror stories from guys in arbitration cases about going in and listening to the team just say why you're not worth what, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, but it's part of the business. It, it is, it, like you said, it's strictly business. It's nothing personal. They're not, you know, dogging you on purpose, like to actually, you know, upset you. It's strictly just to get you paid less. And that's, that's part of it. I mean, the Mets might know now that you have Mariano Rivera's cutter in your arsenal. So, I mean, I think they're going to they're pay you. <laughs> I completely, it's not, it's not even the same pitch anymore, but true. Maybe maybe I can comp that into my arbitration. Just show them the grip. Just like show them what you showed <laughs> yeah. me. Fine. About That's it. true. I mean, you're, you're, you're 0 for 0, or you're 0 for 1 at the plate. So you are, you put the ball in play. You might be able to swing the, 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 the two two sides there exactly you get the get the, the two-way play Otani arbitration or something <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly he's shown his capabilities i mean so you got you guys actually have a, a link to each other from 2018 that I, I found in my dig and i talked to jerry a little bit about it at the little league classic you guys were buddies with team korea a lot of go yeah. uh, a lot going oh, on yeah. there uh, could i could i just get the full story there like how was your experience with all that and playing there I, I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, it kind of, I was, I was talking to somebody, somebody about it in the dugout after I pitched, uh, I played at that stadium in the minor leagues in the New York Penn league. So oh, I really? going back out there in a big league uniform, like it, it was weird. It just didn't feel like a big league game to me. I know it was, but like, it just felt like I was throwing it back to my first year in pro and pro ball in the minor leagues and the Penn league. Uh, it was fun to have all like the little league kids there. Like it was, it was just a good time. I, I'm glad they do that. It's, it's very, I think it's good for the game. Uh, it's good for the kids at the little league world series. And and I hope that the Mets are a part of it uh, in the next couple of years. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, what about you, Jerry? Oh yeah. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah. I mean, I loved it, man. I got to, I never was like really good on really good teams in the little league. So seeing that like environment, how crazy, the stadiums are packed. It's so cool. Such a, like, had I not been there, like, I think I will, I'll go back at some point to watch it as a fan. And it's so cool that MLB and the players association bring teams there because I think it's just a great way to grow the game. It was a unique, I actually didn't get a chance to pitch a little bit jealous that you got to go in there, but it was, <laughs> uh, it was a fun game to be a part of and just a fun thing to, to see baseballs all over, like the, the all over the world, and to see uh, a, another country embrace America's pastime and, and see how they develop it, and 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 talk to the the Korean players, and they love baseball just as much, if not more, than we do. And so it, it it was such a unique experience. I got to meet Big Al. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Big I got Al, him too. Just I hits dingers. <laughs> Like, I mean, that was so cool. I felt like, yeah, me too. I did. I was like, Hey, I need a selfie with you. He's like, Hey, come on over here. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> yeah. And I, I found that there pictures. are so many, so many big league guys that took selfies with them. Oh, sorry. I, my headphones are like a little delayed. No, you're all good, dude. Don't worry about it. Uh, I found the pictures. It was, it was short hair. Drew Smith. That was definitely a little jarring Ooh. now. Cause I'm used to long hair. Now the long hair is like here to stay. Right, like it's not going oh, anywhere. I knew that. I knew that was going to come up. Come on, I gotta ask, yeah. man. I gotta. It's uh, it's actually, it's gonna, it's gonna be going sometime <sighs> pretty soon. It's gonna be going. I'm gonna look like, I'm gonna look like Jolly Olive here. Yeah, soon. there you I'm go. Gonna go. I'm gonna Copy go back my flow. To the, <laughs> I just, it's just so. I've never done this before. It's the first time ever growing my hair out past like probably your honestly your length. Like it's always been short my whole life. Uh, I'm glad I did it. Is the COVID, the quarantine really helped me out. I got through like the first couple months and I literally couldn't get a haircut. So that, that helped me like decide to do it. Uh, but I just, it's so much work, man. It's like, I, and if I don't have it up, it's always in my face or blown in my mouth. I guess Jerry knows like, all about this. Jerry knows. Yeah, the life. Jer <laughs> Jerry's got, you gotta be, are you, are you sticking to it, Jerry? What's going on? Uh, you, there's been at least five times where I'm like, I talk to my wife. I'm like, uh, it's going away. I, I can't yeah, do that's it. Where, that's where I'm at right now. That is where I'm at. Yeah. Right so I'm, I'm riding it. I'm going to keep it a little bit longer. Um, and maybe probably at least through the winter time. And we'll see from there. Like, it's it's a it's a lot more work than I was anticipating. So, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, we've had questions about his hair products and all that. But uh, <laughs> so, 
if you're cutting it, what what I'm understanding is that if you're cutting your long hair, we're gonna get your Jacob Degrom transformation. That's, I, literally, <laughs> that's why. That's one of the reasons why I'm, I wanted to cut it. I was like, I look back at Degrom, but he did it for like three or four years of long. Right, hair. right. So right. maybe I need maybe I need another year of long hair, but still get a well. jump start on it. Yeah, I was gonna say, just speed up the process, man. <laughs> he took his career to a completely new level when he went back to short hair so i remember everybody was worried that it was going to be like a samson thing like oh he's not going to be the same and then he won two consecutive cy youngs and he's the best pitcher (laughs) on the planet so you have a a high bar that you've got to reach here when if you cut your hair if i fall a little bit short of that bar i I think i'll still be okay though yeah i think fans will understand don't worry yeah if you don't come out and win cy young next (laughs) i want to keep it let's keep it light here so were you always a pitcher growing up or did you play another position because i want to know if you could play something besides pitcher why what and why uh i actually played outfield and shortstop throughout high school i didn't start pitching consistently until my sophomore year of high school um and I was on, I pitched on JV mainly. I was, I didn't throw very hard. I was a good outfielder, pretty good infielder. Um, but I would probably choose center field. I, I just loved, I love playing outfield. I love try. I, I think throwing somebody out on the bases is one of like the best feelings. I don't know why, like better than striking somebody out, like someone trying to stretch a, you know, double into triple and you just hose them or something like that. That's one of the best feelings. Cause uh, it's really the guy saying, I think you can't throw me out. I'm going to go. Yeah. He's like, I base. think you, I think I'm faster than your arm. Like I think you have a weak arm or something like that. And I'm, and it's just kind of insulting. You know, he's running in your face. You got to throw him out, but uh, <laughs> you give him the, I don't, I don't uh-uh. no, 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 no. I actually was recruited as an outfielder before I was recruited as a pitcher for college. So it was a division, small division two school. Um, I was, I, I had a pretty, I went to like a showcase camp and had a good, a good showing. And I had a, like two D two schools want me for outfield. And then my junior summer, I started throwing like 88, 89. So they, nobody wanted me for outfield anymore, which is sad, but <laughs> everybody everybody wanted me for pitchers so that's how that's how I got stuck with pitching would you rather throw somebody out at the plate to win the game like to to save the game yes or would you rather (laughs) rob a home run oh I think I I think I'm throwing somebody out at the plate in the game I think that I do that's that's a bold statement he's got the gun I know robbing a home run is sick but I think I thrown somebody, somebody, did, did we have somebody do that this year or like late in the game? We had, I remember Almora nearly robbed somebody, I think on the Cardinals and it like just, oh no, somebody robbed Almora. Never mind. I had that totally bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't believe we it. We did the, so Ender Enciarte became game Ender oh, against us God. and he robbed Cespedes of a walk off and it's, yeah, but Still hurts. I love the the fact that you would still incorporate your throwing because you got a cannon. You still want to throw somebody out the plate. That would be so sweet. I love it. Yeah, I think that would be that's one of the best feelings in baseball for sure. Robbing a homer is probably second, and then I think I'm not a hitter, but hitting a homer has got to be pretty sweet too. So that's probably a third. I think Nimmo robbed somebody, right? Didn't he rob somebody on Pittsburgh? I think when they came to City Field, I think he got one in like oh. the first inning, right? Right think, by yeah, the yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Conforto throw somebody out at the Conforto place threw out a it. ton of guys. That's yeah. what I'm. That's what I was thinking of. I think I think Conforto, Conforto threw a guy out to end. Yeah, it. I I think you're right. I'm remembering. Sweet. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember what game, but the whole season's a blur at this point. It's jolly, you're supposed to know this stuff. Yeah, I'm a historian. I'm we're really just, slacking. We're just right here. the dumb, you know, former <laughs> athlete. He's a current athlete. You got to know everything else. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the real key piece here. You know, with the two former <laughs> bigly. Yeah, you're exactly. supposed to be the glue here. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's really. I had no idea you played outfield, man. That's really cool. Yeah, loved it. Hi, can you run? Even though you're you're bow legged, can you run like? Hey, bow legged people are faster. Actually, it's it's really scientifically proven. Maybe not, but I think it is. Uh, <laughs> you said it was. So I have to take your. Word but no, I, I I can run a little bit. I back in the day, I, I I'm probably slower now, but uh, I would run in the like high high sixes. My six my oh, sixty wow. time for the so, the sixty yard. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, a six, six, eight, six, nine. Not great, but I was, this body, know. this body was built for distance. So you, yeah. a mile time, two mile time. That's what this. I look like a, you know, I'm built for for the marathon. That's fine. Which that's I will fine. never run. 
You got the long no strides. Choice we'll never do. Uh, I'm the I'm the same way though. Look at me. I'm I'm built pretty pretty similar. So we're we're just we're we're the endurance runners. <laughs> so if you could you would play center field, how about if uh, you could be an athlete in any other sport besides baseball? Like you mentioned golf. Is that your oh, sport? Easy. Nope. Easy. This is an easy one. I've talked to people about this. I'd be a Formula One driver. Wow. Oh. That is oh my I was not expecting that. Have you seen have you watched the Drive to Survive thing on Netflix? The have you seen anything about that? They have I like haven't. a documentary series about Formula One. Uh, I started watching that, I think it was like two or three spring trainings ago, right when it came out. And I just like started getting into Formula One. Now I I watch the races, like I even tune into like the qualifying sessions and stuff. Like I keep up with it and I think it's the sickest job in the world. What they do is <laughs> unbelievable. Like they take, I mean, they're taking turns at 150 miles an hour. They're just driving and they just flip their wheel, hoping their car sticks. And it's, I mean, it's unreal. I drive in New Jersey, so I know like all about that. You probably don't go over 20 miles an hour in New Jersey. Actually, <laughs> no, so I don't constantly know traffic everywhere. That. To, to, to be fair, I, uh, Lewis Hamilton seems like he has a sick life. So he does, he does. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. That's a, that's a rare pick because most people pick, you know, football or basketball or a lot of baseball guys love, love golf. I do. I love golf too. Yeah. But I think this, it's not even close that that would be my next thing. Like it's that's that so far sick. Yeah. That's amazing. I'll have to, what was this show? I'll have to check that out drive to survive it's it's three seasons now i think they're doing a fourth it just like kind of is a recap of each season of formula one uh and it talks about like each team on each episode it's it's pretty cool awesome man but it'll get you hooked i'm warning you you'll start being (laughs) you'll be a formula one fan i had no idea about formula one until i watched that switch my career that's what happened to me like in soccer i never i didn't grow up playing i wasn't a big fan and then all my teammates um started playing FIFA and FIFA is the best sports yeah. game to play oh, it because it's yeah. like baseball's fun, but in Madden, I can't even play because I don't know enough about football, like the X's and O's and all the audible. It's so hard now. Like I can't, <laughs> you know, just pick it up, but FIFA was great. And then in 2006, I was in the Northwest league and we had the first Italian born uh, baseball player, like the pitcher, uh, shout out to, to Alex, uh, Maestri, awesome dude. But that was when Italy won the world cup and I just fell in love with it. He was crying. I was like a grown man crying about his country winning. I was like, all right, let's see what it's all about. Now I still don't follow it as much as uh, a lot of people do, but it's just weird how something small like a Netflix series can turn you into a fan of a different sport or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's pretty, I'm telling you, give it, give it a chance. You too, Jack. Just give it a oh, chance. Oh yeah. Don't worry. I'm going to change my career. Don't worry about it. I already got the skill <laughs> set ready, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of uh, sports documentaries and stuff like that, did you get a chance to catch the, uh, the 30 for 30 on the, uh, the 86 Mets no, rush up on your I Mets history? I, I was killing myself. I, where can I watch it now? Like now that it's not on TV. It's actually anymore. a good question. I caught it live. It's on the ESPN app, the ESPN plus um and then if you have hulu i think you can watch it through hulu as well oh okay good. i caught like the last like 20 minutes of one episode but i just stopped at it one of i wanted to watch like the full thing smart man, so smart I man. Didn't, I didn't it's even... it's pretty good man it's kind of crazy you'll get a new a new perspective on uh keith in the booth oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah <laughs> i uh i would sit next to noah on some of the uh flights and he would be reading the i don't remember the name of the book but it was the about the 86 yeah, it was about the '86 Mets. Was it and, the uh, uh, the bad guys won by any chance? Yeah, the bad guys won. Yeah, it was his book club or whatever, and he would sh- he would like show me some little snippets from it, and I'd read it, and it was looking nuts. So I'm definitely interested in watching that. It was Fantastic pretty good. Read. Well, I mean, I'm excited to read the book about the 2022 Mets. Should be good. Really looking forward. Oh, to that'd be sick. Huh? <laughs> that'd be sick. Not to set any expectations. Don't worry about that. Yeah. This is New York, man. You gotta have. You got to have expectations. You, you want to go into every spring training feeling like you're going to win the World Series. It's oh, literally yeah, that's how it is. Absolutely. You have to. And uh, it'll be that way. You start out with you have the best pitcher on the planet and, and Jacob deGrom, and then you have Lindor. You've got Alonso. You got great pieces moving forward. I think that's the goal every year. So, yep, I agree. It's legitimate. There's no rebuild. You got Drew Smith. 
No yeah, reason. Oh, yeah. You've got a two the two way player of Drew Smith ready to to step yeah, in I mean, where he needs to be. Unleash poor man the weapon. Seth Lugo, poor man no, Francisco poor man Lindor. <laughs> I just just not the switch hitter yet. I'm still working on that. I'm still working. Gotcha. On that, so. You'll get it. Don't worry about that. Don't sweat it. It's a process. I, I've got I've got nothing else. Oh, well, one quick question: Who was your favorite team growing up, and who was your favorite player growing up? Two easy ones. Texas Rangers grew up. 30 minutes from the stadium and I was a huge Michael Young fan. I knew it. Let's, ah, I should have said it. Michael I wanted Young, to guess <laughs> that guy. He was my guy. I love, I was kind of being a position player, obviously growing up too. Uh, just, he was a lifetime ranger. Or I guess he played for a couple other teams at the end of his career. He's a lifetime like, ranger though. Come yeah. On. Lifetime ranger just hit. I mean, I feel like he hit 300 every year when he was with the Rangers and he did, I was there for part of it and I contributed to some of his magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're in Oakland, I'm sure. Dude, that guy, like I tried everything. He inside it out. I, I threw a cutter for a little bit too. And I got one in way off of him and he inside out it the, right, to sure. the right center field for a triple. I'm like, dude, what, what, how do you do that? I don't know. The guy was amazing. <laughs> Very underrated. So I appreciate Extremely that underrated. because because nobody remembers that kind of role player besides true fans, but he was, he was tremendous. So that's cool. And he was super utility. Yeah. Like you think of those Rangers teams, you think like Josh Hamilton, you think Nelson yep. Cruz, but like Michael Young was, was like the heart of the Rangers for so many. Well, years. he moved, wasn't he? So he was the ultimate team guy moved over for, yep. for Kinsler, for Elvis Andrews, Andrews yep. for, for Andrews. Beltre. Like he moved, he just moved whatever the team needed, never complained. Got to get Michael Young in the pod. And by the end of his career, he was this super utility guy because he kept moving positions for everybody. And he was there through the the terrible times with the Rangers. And then obviously he was there through the the couple World Series runs that ended in absolute heartbreak. But that's okay. I'm not bitter about it anymore. <laughs> I'll, 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 for my last piece, uh, Eddie Rosario this year made that catch in – Can you? sorry, your, your headphones – they died. I'm just going to. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Eddie Rosario made that catch against the wall in left field uh, this year in the World Series. It made me think that if Nelly Cruz could have done that in right oh, field, stop. that oh, they would have been it. That would have been it. Jerry. I, li- I literally <laughs> crossed my How are you going to do so this to him, man? But I don't feel that bad because. Oh, my. That's That hurts. That was, you just ruined us all day. I was scarred for years after that, like watching that. Just talking, it's like just running, you know, running to the wall. Just run, just run <laughs> the wall. It's okay. You'll take a ring. It's okay. But I can't. Oh, I oh man. I, I, I could have been in that spot and done the same thing. So who knows, you know? But I'd like to think I wouldn't, but you never know until you're there. But it was heartbreaking. It's so hard. They were so good. It's so hard to win a World Series, which is why, you know, it's so special because, you know, I was hurt in 15, never got to play in the World Series, never even got close again. Um, but what you'll have is the Mets are going to be competitive. So you're in a great position to be on a team that wants to compete for the world series for real. And that's gotta be exciting with Stevie Cohen coming around with the, the team. They're not willing, they're not afraid to spend money. So that that's really exciting as a player, because you, all you want to do is win, win for your fans, win for your teammates, you know, win for the, win for the organization. So that's, that's great. Absolutely. I uh, watched, I watched, I didn't watch every game this postseason, but watched a decent amount. And uh, just like, I was jealous, man, watching other relievers come in and that, in those situations, like that just, it looks, it's got to make you hungry for it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like it, it, it gives you, it gives you drive going into next year. Like, man, that, like, I don't want to be sitting here next year watching it on my couch at home, you know? Like, well, yeah, no, no, you'll be on again, Shea Station next year and you can show us your ring. Yeah, I'll be on maybe like late later in November. Or something. Yeah, like you know, we'll have we'll squeeze you in. Don't worry, off, but it'll be <laughs> you're going to be a big part of that that team success, and I, I guarantee you they're counting on you being a big part of that bullpen. So, yeah, I hope so. I'm well, looking forward to it, though. Drew, we want to thank you for joining us. This was a Absolutely. splendid hour, man. The first friend of the pod on chase station i'm I'm, I'm truly honored y'all that i'm the first one i really am i appreciate y'all having me on like that i'm glad you feel that way man this was awesome yes sir jerry you got you got anything else no i just wanted to say thank you for sharing you you gave us some really cool cool things to to think about some insight you were you were open i appreciate it uh at drew bu3 on twitter anything else you want to you want to push uh no i'm just looking forward to 
to next season and uh hope hopefully it ends a little bit a little bit differently than than it did this year for you guys so uh but no it's it was thanks for having me on it was i really enjoyed it and uh i'd love to do it again next year at some point if, if y'all have me so absolutely definitely if we'll have all right thanks drew <laughs> yeah thanks guys appreciate it have a good one man yep and for the rest of our viewers uh, over at Chase Station, uh, thank you guys for joining us for our first guest episode. Uh, this was episode 18. This was probably the most fun we've had on the pod yet, and hopefully there's more fun to be had in the offseason full of question marks that uh, we got to escape from today. It was really nice to not talk about the front office or GMs or any of that today. It was just like a We didn't escape. even have to mention the Braves winning the World Series to, <sighs> to your I see. I saw it. I saw it. I know. You got buddies over there. You if anything, uh, you got to be a fan of like the NL East showing up because everybody dogs on us. But uh, you, as you know, there's good baseball to be had here. So, you know, as much as the NL West gets all this publicity, guess who's on top when it comes down to it? So back-to-back full season champions belong to the NL East. Coincidence? I don't think so. But maybe we'll be next. Who knows? But, uh, guys, thank you once again for joining us. We'll be back with weekly episodes, hopefully to update you on some exciting Mets news revolving around their front office and new players and all that. But until then, I'm Jolly Olive for John Boy Media. And I'm Jerry Blevins. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets, baby. strike three. A career-high 15 strikeouts for Jacob DeGrom. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.